When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, 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 Sean. No, no, I've fucking been there. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Drive your fucking Wally bird! The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. Network, a nuanced discussion about television that captures our imaginations. I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and I'm joined by Jake Hoy, Ian Liu, Anthony Kant on the third, and Walter Mays. This week we're going on a memorable first date. Watchmen episode eight, A God Walks into A Bar. Just unbelievable punnery here, right off the top with the title. <laughs> he so literally weird. walks into a bar and he walks <laughs> right into Angela A Bar's life. Uh, there's no cold open this week. The structure of the show is completely changed because this is a Dr. Manhattan episode. And the Dr. Manhattan chapter in the Watchmen comic was my favorite. The way this episode is presented, jumping back and forth in time at will, echoes the structure of that chapter. It attempts to let us understand how Dr. Manhattan perceives time and how his actions are motivated. So, Jake, I'll ask you off the top, what did you think of the, of the differences in the presentation of this episode? Well, it was the slowest episode yet in many ways, so it was a bit jarring in that sense. Um, But, you know, oddly, it had elements of what we've been seeing over the past several episodes, which are these flashback inserts. And this time they were meant to reflect the memory, uh, the memories colliding with present time, I guess, for Dr. Manhattan. Um, I felt like it was a little bit of getting used to digesting this episode in the fashion they chose to pursue it. Do you feel like you have a better understanding of how he perceives time after? Yeah, but to be honest with you, I didn't need 45 minutes to keep telling me that. It was like, okay, I got it. You experience time continually. 
and you're always in every moment. I kind of got that in the first 10 minutes. I, 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 I was kind of annoyed by that because a sci-fi movie would never take an hour to tell you that about a character, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely is a tribute to the graphic novel, but as it also as a way to tell an episode from somebody's perspective, right? Like we've had the Lori episode, the Wade episode. This was the Dr. Manhattan episode, even though it yes. was Angela's centric. Yes. In that, in fairness to that notion, it worked on that level. But I felt like they were hammering it over my head. And I, you know, I'm not Angela sitting in the bar in that reality trying to understand things. I'm in the audience reality already having a sense of how strange and off kilter this show is. Um, So in that sense, I was, you know, kind of like, let's move on. All right, we will move on. So Dr. Manhattan appears in Saigon. He picks up a Dr. Manhattan mask off the ground. We see our favorite mural again, but it's been modified. No one devil yes. horns this time. It's just a big yellow dick. Uh, we, uh, the, oh, this is my da- I'm reading my dad's notes, of course, and it's throwing me off because I didn't write that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I could just say my notes. Mm. Yes. So, oh my God. <laughs> how is this VVN day different than the the last time we saw it, Dad? Well, it just shows that that these these patriotic holidays over time, uh, the American way of running patriotic holidays turns them basically into reasons to get drunk and to dress fat guys up in blue paint. I mean, there wasn't any real acknowledgement of of the solemnity of the date, and it, it was every bit as important there as probably. Uh, you know, Independence Day is here, and look what we do on the 4th of July. That's what I was thinking. He walks into a bar, Mr. Eddie's Bar, more on that later, and he brings Angela Abar a beer and asks her to dinner. It's the anniversary of her parents' death, VVN Day, and Angela asks him, after accepting him to sit at her table, is this a Zeus thing? You know, Zeus goes down to Earth to have an affair, the mortal woman creates a, a demigod child. And then should be noted that Europa, the planet where he creates a civilization, is one of Zeus's baby mamas. Oh, okay. Okay. We, we learn that Dr. Manhattan hasn't been on Mars. That's a de- decoy computer program. And he says for the first time, the way I experience time is unique and for you particularly infuriating. Yeah, and he was talking to, to Jake. so he goes to create his european civilization in 1985 immediately after the events of the novel now does one create life i do it with the wave of my hand it's 1985 a gossamer sheet of vapory atmosphere thickens into an azure blanket. Harsh tundra becomes fertile savanna. Vast swarms of green spreading across the moon's arid skin like a verdant rash. A primordial ocean transmutes into a liquid creation engine. I step out onto the amniotic lake. A hatchery stocked with miracles, fin, winged, and hoofed. 
You walk on water? Occasionally, yes. Cool. You take Sunday off when you're done? No, the entire process is complete in approximately 90 seconds. Typical. I'm sorry? A man creating life in under two minutes. Oh, a sex joke. That's funny. And we see our first original swamp fetuses. The first Crookshanks and Phillips and Dr. Manhattan brings them their estate, a manor he feels connected to from his childhood. This leads us to a flashback to John Osterman's youth as he and his father seek refuge before traveling to America. John yes. steals two apples, believes he is invisible, discovers a sealed atmosphere that will inspire his work later, and he hides in an armoire as the inspiration for Crookshanks and Phillips make love. And Dr. Manhattan has been a perv from an early age, Dad. Well, I... I I don't know that I would go so far as to call him a perv, but no. yes, it's it, it it that combined with the with the gift of the Bible has given him a very spiritual sense of what he thinks love is. And there's none of the struggle and none of the pain and none of the loss of attraction. He only sees what he was seeing in that room. And that's why he leaves Janie. And that's why he leaves Lori. And that's, you know, that's why everything's only temporary with him because he has a, he has a very highly developed male sense of romantic love. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, and he has none of the burden of the modernist society's views on sex, right? Correct. None of that. None of that. He has. That's that's that uh, 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 Adrian Veidt line about I wanted to see if you had a morality or anything like that. Right. You know. What do you think? Does he have like empathy or like does he experience normal human emotions? He has all the emotions. I mean, I think if 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 the one thing that this the one thing that this show did really well was explained that Dr. Manhattan is not an emotionless robot-like cipher. He right. feels everything. It's just the way he processes it is he is always being torn apart in the intrinsic field generator. You know, all, all emotions are happening all the time. You'd have a dead uh, affect on your face and in your voice, too, if you were feeling everything at once always. If? Yeah, that's interesting. Just because, like, you know how, like, they say that you don't really feel an emotion for more than, like, 30 seconds at a time? Right, right. Like, it's just mm -hmm. the con contrast of him everything always versus, like, how emotions are, like, so fleeting for humans. Right, right. My big question, I had a lot of big questions, <laughs> but one of my questions was, and maybe this is too soon, but it's like, you know what? We can talk about anything in this episode because it's all happening. It's all happening at the same time. So throw out the, throw out the script. <laughs> My first all question over the place. was why does he only create people in their image? Why is there no diversity in the utopia he creates? Yeah, because he does eventually. I mean, he knows that other people exist. So, yeah, why is it only... Those two. That is a good question. They're the two that imprinted on him at an early age? I don't know. Well, I know why he made them the two originals, First, but why yeah. thereafter like, are there but you don't only think replicas that you would, of them? You know, branch out? <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't give them the ability to procreate, it doesn't seem like. It's all swamp fetuses, so... 
So that there's only the two fetuses. It's oh. a flawed design, Jake. Like I think. <laughs> and that's why? Queer. Why does Doctor Manhattan have a flawed design? That's so he's what's not so fascinating about it. That's what doesn't yeah. really make sense to me personally. But okay. And then okay, question okay. number two is related to this same scene. If he, there's a moment at which he becomes Doctor Manhattan. He wasn't always Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, that's what kind of kind of alluded how, to last time. How does he then go back and why is to the young childhood? John Osterman pre yeah, pre-Dr. Manhattan become part of the continual timeline for him? Why doesn't it always just start with the the uh I forget, the intrinsic field generator? Well, that's when he was able to perceive everything. I think that this was just more of a memory. Yeah, and his existence, his existence still is there. It's just the way he perceives existence changed once he went through the transformation into Doctor Manhattan. It doesn't wipe his memories from before. Where, the, okay, so no, he has but memories he seems from to his suggest life he's not reliving that time. He's just okay. remembering it, right? Yeah. Well, so but she said that. no because Angela says, "Are you there right now?" Yes. Well, I think I think that that. I'm trying to remember in the comic book, he talks about moments before, and I guess he does yeah. remember, like, the photos. Oh, no, he I does remember the beer memory. when he when he falls in love with his first wife, which is before the, the field generator. So it's kind of a blurry line, but I see what you're saying. He shouldn't be able to experience it because it's before the event. I would think, yeah. But it could be he's experiencing it in the sense that he's like just recalling a memory, not literally. And he has super powerful recall, that so he can okay. he can access his memories yeah, so better than because he's accessing person. all of his brain all of the time. Yes. that's part of his superpower. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no modification of memory due to time. And I will definitely get this because this is gonna bring this podcast to a grinding halt later but <laughs> yeah he can't affect his childhood he can't he can't have angela talk to him and then talk to his right younger self like he can to will mm-hmm. oh okay so that's that why i think it's accessing his memory got it okay okay that that makes sense and he he doesn't explicitly say i'm there now yeah it's something that, right sense. right Okay. All right. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Cool. So the Lord and Lady pull him aside, tell him what he witnessed was good and beautiful. They were creating a life. They give him a blue Bible, teach him about Genesis and Adam and Eve, and ask him to make something beautiful. Seven decades later and 390 million miles away, I fulfill my promise. And Angela snaps us all right back to reality. Wow, I got to tell you, man, you have a fantastic imagination. <laughs> and he rep- responds, six months from now, a friend is telling me I have a profound lack of imagination. And <laughs> we learn that he thinks of Adrian as a friend, but maybe actually just a colleague. Classic Dr. Manhattanism here, flattening out time to make callbacks, callbacks that haven't even happened yet. And Dr. Manhattan tells Angela he loves her, that he doesn't experience the concept of before. Angela's still playing it tough. She gets him to take his mask off and asks him to glow a little bit. Just glow a little bit. No one will notice. Angela says she, she hates so Dr. Manhattan. Sorry, what's up, AC? 
No, I was saying she was so great in this episode. Actually, I think it made the episode more compelling, her reactions to everything. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. God bless this woman. She's such a great actor. She's killing it. Absolutely killing it, man. And she's so smug and dismissive of him, yeah. but still, still kind of entertaining <laughs> it. It's pretty well done. She says she hates Dr. Manhattan because he caused the chain of events that killed her parents 22 years ago. Dr. Manhattan reacts as if he didn't know this, even though it's what he said in order to get a seat at the table. Then he explains his experience in Vietnam a little bit, Jake, which you asked about last week. As for Vietnam, I was trying to be what people wanted me to be, a soldier, superhero, a savior. I tried to do the right thing, and if it's any consolation, I do regret it. So she questions why he would do something if he knows the outcome already, and this is going to be a huge lingering question for the rest of this episode. Yeah. Dr. Manhattan has this sort of faded resignation. He just kind of accepts certain things because they've always happened to him. Well, yeah, because he does not perceive these as events that are going to happen, so therefore he is powerless to change them. So he can't, you know, why, why would he do it? Because, because he's always done it. it, it's, it yeah, and it, it's, it's all setting up the causal loop uh, premise so that we really truly understand when they actually drive home the, the what is it you call it, Anthony? You had a different name for it. Um, the You're talking about the chicken thing? egg? The bootstrap thing. Yeah, bootstrap. That's yeah. Bootstrap, yeah. baby. The, the, the traditional science fiction uh, 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 term for this, especially anything that involves something that's related to or concerning time travel, is called a causal loop. Um, and he's just setting it up over and over so that the audience who are not as fast as Jake and need a little bit more time to process <laughs> Um, really, really get it because the, the hammer hits home super hard, and that scene at the pool. I, I went, I, I literally, my eyes filled with tears. You know, it was like, God damn, this is so smart. And you know, from watching bad science fiction films over yeah. the TV series, that when they throw <laughs> in this time travel shit, you know, yeah. you're like, oh God, somebody kill me now. And it was so well done. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of your thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's not exactly time travel, though. It isn't time travel, but yeah. it's related to time travel. And yeah, it's, right. Yeah. It's more confusing when she talks through him to Will. That feels like time travel because Angela's. It is. Well, it's inception. Oh, get there. Yeah. yeah. It's the bootstrap, it's baby. Bootstrap, yeah. baby. 2019, yeah. the year of the bootstrap. <laughs> well, it just in ter- in terms of this uh, Vietnam explanation in particular, what's interesting to me about Doctor Manhattan is so this is something that he might regret he might have regret what he regretted what he did in vietnam but he doesn't change anything so he accepts the regret and he learns from it i guess for other scenarios but what i think is so wild like especially in the events of the watchmen the graphic novel it seems like he could have had more of an effect of it have inserted himself more and changed things more but after mm-hmm. Vietnam, he kind of pulls back. Right. It's kind of That's this like see, disconnection. He decides that he doesn't want to be the person running around changing things. Yeah, right. see, that's where it's this conversations we've been having in the background of the show about the origin 
material um, that's causing a little confusion for me because the way you articulated it, Maze, was that he did he did go into Vietnam. He secured the victory for the U.S. and then became disillusioned by the reaction and decided to disappear. Yeah, so he, after the war, he basically concentrates on research and science. Mm-hmm. And he's just building stuff and ad- advancing mm-hmm. technology. And then, then he disappears and goes to Mars after they accuse him of giving everybody cancer. Oh, that's an uh, that's another piece of the yeah. It, so so Vice plan was to frame him for world. this. Just yeah. like anyone who spent time around him would get cancer. Mm. And so he's they put him on TV. He gives his first mm. televised interview. Goes really poorly. He teleports everybody out of the the television station and then goes to Mars. Right. Right. It's kind of like fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. To have to have a character that has omnipotent power and can perceive the future in this crazy way, but is so yeah. hands off and laissez faire and doesn't want to interfere and get, it's kind of a cop out to me when he says stuff like it's always happened, you know? Yeah, like because the- I'm confused because this means that none of his actions affect any of his future actions because he doesn't have a future technically but like other people still experience time though so like i don't he claims that he doesn't have a choice but so he has Mm. no ability to control his actions exactly that's what he's saying and then angela just refuses to believe this throughout this episode right she's she wants to believe that she can control her own destiny whereas he you know he just explains to her that it's meaningless. It's pointless, essentially. So and there so, is no free will. According to Dr. Manhattan. Well, for him or for anyone? Well, be, if everything that is going to happen is already happening now, then mm-hmm. there is no free will as we understand it. You're taking, you're right. taking a fourth-dimensional concept and yes. jamming it into a two-dimensional plane. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. There are, there are forces at, at play that we mm-hmm. cannot perceive. We can't perceive them. He can perceive them, and so therefore he also understands the pointlessness of it. It's it's one of those things. It's one of those things where, I, and I thought Alan Moore set it up really well in in, in the comic book, is you, you may not be able to fully in completely grasp it in a conscious sense, but you can accept that it's real for Dr. Manhattan and he says it. And so that's kind of where I am. So I don't have any problems with any of this stuff in this episode. I like the way they sort of spoon fed it out for the audience so that it Mm. it got to the point where it was really super clear. No, dude, this is the way it is. And now it affects Angela because as Lindelof said, everything in this show has to be about Angela. It always, she's the spoke at the center of the wheel. And so- The big, the big thing about Dr. Manhattan and the revelation is, oh my God, did I cause this? And right. it's still a walking around with that. It abides by the third and most sensical form of time travel, which is that if you travel through time, you had, you were always supposed to travel through time and that you cannot change the past or the future because anything you do has already happened. Correct. Correct. So Angela tells Dr. Manhattan that if they're going to go out on a date, 
he can't be blue. They're going to need to be able to go out in public. And Manhattan says that Angela has come up with a rather elegant solution two weeks later. Cut to that scene. Angela's pulling bodies out of the morgue that have no next of kin due to become ashes over Saigon. And she's been holding back Cal's body because he's black, right? And she's not sure if Manhattan would be comfortable with it. That's the I implication. Think, I think she. I don't think it was about McHatton's comfort. I think she picked her favorite. She went through the corpses and says, mm, "I want that one." Well, but, well, but he. She well, but says, that why was did you, after, why did you, Is there some reason you haven't shown me the one you want? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he pulls. She pulls out three white bodies first. Yes. And seems willing to leave it at that if he's, you know. Makes a choice. Well, I don't think the blue guy cares whether the what the color skin <laughs> is. I well, he he is. makes that clear. He <laughs> makes that very <laughs> clear that he's not aware. She seemed to have some reservations about including Cal's body in the initial <laughs> showing. Though I picked it because I thought that she was too embarrassed to pick the one she found hottest. That That's that fair. was a, yeah. a, a discomfort in saying this is what I like. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just that like that, Doctor Manhattan changes his appearance and voice. No swamp feed is necessary. It was that easy. There's there's no overcomplication. He literally can just snap his fingers and change everything. Before he removes his atomic symbol, he cryptically says, "I'm going to give. I'm going to forget so much more." He says, so conversation let me, let me, for another time. Let me just let me just say here, in addition to um, Regina King's outstanding acting in this show, uh, the gentleman with the three names whose yeah, name yeah, I Abdul Mateen the third. Okay, whatever the hell. Um, in addition to being a very fine specimen of man, he is a his subtlety on some of those Doctor Manhattan lines. The delivery was astonishing i'm gonna forget so much you I, I i played that over and over like four times just trying to get all the nuance in it he's really a good actor really love him and i think yeah. they were tweaking his voice job. a little bit for the the first half of this episode I, yeah. they, Obviously it's him. they went out of their way to just not let us know who he was until we see that it that it's cal yeah it was hard to hide though yeah well, no matter what you do, unless you're unless you're completely doing uh, uh, a digital wipe on everything, that blue makeup looks different on black skin than it does on white skin. And as you're just looking at, especially the scenes where he's filmed from behind and you can see the back of his head, it just the, the grainy texture is just different. It's just different. I went, oh, that's obviously that's obviously Cal. You know, it's it's so perfect. I yeah, it was. And then when he when they sort of CGI him when he's got the glowing eyes and everything, then it was like, oh, that's more Doctor Manhattan like. That looks more more super super duper real. So yeah, yeah. Doctor Manhattan can't tell Angela the, how she came up with the plan because then it won't be her idea. She's playing tough, but she keeps asking questions. Doctor Manhattan says they will be together for ten years and it will end tragically. She asks for. Another sleight of hand moment, and he says, your favorite song is about to play on the jukebox. And Tunnel of Love by Doris Day comes out, and she laughs because she doesn't even know this song. And this becomes a quite elegant metaphor for their relationship. I really enjoyed this, this callback that's upcoming, another future callback. Dr. Manhattan says she will tell him to leave in six months when they are making love. 
This echoes the fight he had with Lori in the comic when she sends him away. And he says, just before I created the egg, eggs are back. Yeah, I know. I was excited. <laughs> I was very excited. Big episode for eggs. Angela insists they won't fight, but Manhattan is persistent and it is inevitable. The fight will happen regardless of my intent. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> he begins psychoanalyzing her. They argue about fear and Dr. Manhattan tells her his origin story with the intrinsic field chamber. It is 1958. I left my watch in the intrinsic field. He just launches right into his, his biography. It's so perfect. And then at the end, she says, do you need me to say it? He says, yes. And she yeah. tells him to leave, finally. Then, naked Dr. Manhattan and Cal's body approaches Karnak. Karnak is in shambles. Daddy killed his servants 24 years ago and uh, appears I, to have not replaced them. Yeah, no one, no one is pushing a broom or taking out his uh, uh, to-go cartons because it's a mess in there. His yeah. bank of TVs is damaged. His remote isn't working. You see Jeremy Irons smacking the batteries. Come on, you piece of shit. He complains about the idiots who insist on making their godforsaken bombs. Manhattan says the bombs make them feel safe. And Adrian says only Dr. Manhattan would have the balls to show up here wearing nothing but his birthday suit. It's been 24 years, 41 days, and 13 hours since they last saw each other. Vite apologizes for trying to destroy Dr. Manhattan, says he was gambling, that he had morals, and he's walking around his lab initiating a squid drop, maintaining world peace one cephalopod at a time. So we finally got our answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yes. Jake, your question yes. in the chat. Mm -hmm. Yes. And my question, I put it in the notes. Big question. How does it continue after he goes to Europa if it's a manual operation? Yeah. Which is interesting, but it makes sense given that it's Vite, not Dr. Manhattan. And there was no indication that Manhattan was like, I'll keep things running in your absence, Adrian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will I shall honor your legacy, old friend. Yeah, and he takes him there pretty suddenly, so it's not like it's he not, has time to even auto-program anything. Yeah, yeah. And you saw those chords. It's like he's like running an analog studio, 1985. He's getting ready for a session with Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones. There you go. <laughs> it does seem that that was something they forgot, but there we are. <laughs> <laughs> oversight. Just That's an right oversight. oversight. <laughs> then there's this amazing Maybe. scene. Unless Blake... Bla uh, not Blake, uh, Mirror, Mirror, Mirror Man. Lou Man? <laughs> not oh, Mirror Lou Man. Man. You know. What's his name? Oh, Wade. Wade. Hi. Wade's running the show, dude. He just doesn't know it yet. Lou Man's a real squid head. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> then there's this amazing scene where Adrian Veidt comments on Dr. Manhattan's appearance and then tries to deduce his plan. It's quite an interesting form. You've decided to take interesting it's not the 80s anymore john this kind of appropriation is considered quite problematic now it's 2009 doctor a lot has changed while you were on europa how do you know i was on europa a little elephant told me what i don't know 
why a blue man is masquerading as a human. Though I might venture an educated guess. What's her name? Angela. Love. Well, let me guess again. You're wearing this face because she has no idea you're the most omnipotent being in the history of civilization. Whereas you just want her to love you for you. I told her who I was the moment I met her. She knows who you are. Yes. Ah! That's the rub. Because who in their right mind would want to be romantically linked to a god. So, you don't just want to look like a mortal. You want to be one. Will you help me? Why can't you do it yourself? You tell me, Adrian. Because you have a profound lack of imagination. I gotta give it to you, man. You have a fantastic imagination. <laughs> you laugh now. <laughs> this Angela must be quite something. Six months ago, she's telling me I have a fantastic imagination. Tell me something. Do you have a brain? I'm sorry? Well, you seem to have replicated basic human physiognomy, but uh, what about the physiology? You do have a brain, internal organs, blood. Yes. Yeah. Why? Well, theoretically, we could insert a device into your prefrontal cortex that would short circuit your memory. Without the awareness of your abilities, you wouldn't know how to use them. Except perhaps as a reflex in life-threatening situations. You could walk and talk and live among the normals undetected. You just wouldn't know you were Dr. Manhattan. And how long would it take for you to make this device? Oh, my dear sweet John. I made it 30 years ago. I well, thought I this scene was hilarious. And I also didn't perceive that he was saying that I mean, problematic is the right word because I just think it would be it would be a a white guy pretending to be a black guy is something that is politically incorrect and he could not get away with doing. I don't know that that necessarily was saying that relation, race relations were bad in a Seventh Cavalry kind of a way. Right. I think I think he was just saying, dude, you can't walk he around in black black. Oh yeah, yeah. He was speaking to the PC. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting, because I just assumed that no one would know that it was Dr. Manhattan, so he was saying it was going to be bad for him. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I guess there's both sides to that. Oh. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a good read. He says, a little elephant told him about Europa. Lady True, she the baby. She the baby. Why does Lady True know all about Dr. Manhattan? She's got that Mm -hmm. space space tech she's got the cameras on mars she figured out it's a program she's she's spying on him then hell yeah mm-hmm. she's got the booths hey. she's obsessed okay 
Yes. Yeah. But it's pretty clear that that's Veidt's love child. Yeah. Yep. And that beautiful aria Caranome from uh, Rigoletto starts playing in the background, which is, you know, the, it's a, it's a, it's a aria that a soprano sings when she falls in love with a name, and it's just, what's her name, Vitas? And the, I just love the music in the show so much. You think Lady True might be not quite human? Ooh, what would she be? Ooh, that's some kind of yeah. she's some a kind of some Vite's attempt at creation. Oh man. Well, she doesn't act very human, so that would be... She doesn't. That would be a good explanation. Hmm. Vite figures out that Manhattan wants to be mortal and explains that he could invent a device to inhibit Dr. Manhattan's memory, except perhaps as a reflex in life-threatening situations. Dun-dun-dun. Put a pin mm-hmm. in that. Convenient. I mean, they, they over-explain it later, but that, this is mm. a good moment to pick up on here. And then the classic Vite line... I made it 30 years ago. He's already made it. He's always, always accomplished his plans. He gets things done early. He's not a procrastinator. And so he gives him the atomic symbol ring irradiated with tachyon particles. This is plan A for amnesia as opposed to plan B, which was for blow you up. (laughs) This was funny. This was a great. I loved seeing Jeremy Irons this much in the episode, I have to say. Yeah. And interacting with another important yeah. character. Yes. Yeah. Not yes. Just, yeah. Uh, on his this was fun. No, this was a great, great performance to watch. Veidt advises him to address any unfinished business, and Dr. Manhattan mentions Angela's grandfather that they have matters to discuss. In exchange for this, Veidt asks for a favor. He didn't get enough attention for his accomplishments, he feels ignored. <laughs> asks if he will see his utopia and Manhattan tells him that he will find it on Europa. Their love is infinite, which is the very reason it's so unsatisfying. Quite a sales pitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's full of beings ready to worship, which sounds like a paradise to Vite, who feels unwanted on Earth. Vite's eyes fill with tears as Dr. Manhattan warps in there. And this is a this is a really important parallel because these are two men who have gone out of their way to create a situation where it should be better, if not perfect, and everybody should be appreciative of it. And Veidt has an unappreciative uh, eight million children on eight billion children on Earth, and and Dr. Manhattan has a pl- uh, 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 planetoid full of of. Swamp swamp fetuses that love him too much and too perfectly. Neither of them can live with the choice, the 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 choice, the actions of that are brought about by their choices. I thought that was a nice, neat parallel. It was interesting to see right on the complete other end of the spectrum here, right? As we've as we've come to see him on Europa, mm-hmm. so desperate, mm-hmm. so unkempt, living in squalor. <laughs> hiding from the world you know he it, there's a even a big difference between this time in 2009 and the video that we see of him talking to redford you know who's still right. president mm-hmm. like clearly his relationship there has deteriorated so it, it was a little narratively convenient and like i said dr manhattan really does not sell this place <laughs> seems like he kind of pulled one over on Vite and just kind of big dumped time. him there. big time 
But Sucker. he only did it because he always did it. You know, he didn't. He didn't want right. to do it. He didn't have an. He didn't have a choice because it was already done. Right. <laughs> yeah, this. This. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm starting to get it. I get it now. This. this it, because it goes back to my my fundamental question mm. of the episode is is really why Angela. What is so? So she always asks, "What was the moment?" And you have to ask yourself, "Well, what is the spark? Mm -hmm. Where is the inception that draws him to Angela?" I mean, we know he falls in love. We know in the show, we only know of Blake. You're telling me there's a prior instance of being in love with a woman yeah there was a uh, there was a janie before oh yeah. well we know there's a girlfriend for whom he runs into the intrinsic yeah. thing in the first place right so but that predates dr manhattan so that really right. doesn't count well so why angela i think that's what the finale will show us that will so the finale has a lot to answer yeah. for now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they really have a landing to stick. Well, yep. As you heard on the Watch podcast, that's what Damon is obsessed with. He knows that it doesn't mean anything yeah. if they don't finish yeah. it off well. And yeah. I I believe in him. He, I feel bad for him almost when I hear him talk. You know, it's like <laughs> this show has been See, awesome for eight episodes, but he's still worried that this ninth episode might not land. It could that, fail. Well, because dude. it's one of those things where the ending, like, you know how there are some shows where we've agreed that it's not about the ending, it's about the journey. But, yeah. like, this is not one of those shows where you can just sloppily, like, you no. know, wrap up things without no. Especially if this like, is it. a satisfying ending. Like, yes, just because there's so exactly. many, it's, it's such a smart show, it has to finish smart. Otherwise, well, like, it really exactly. does throw the entire thing down the drain. Right, and, and, he, and this is the guy yeah. who... Been, this is a guy who was literally hounded off of Twitter. I mean, he was hounded off the fucking internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the <laughs> thing that is, is real. You know, yeah. the Lost ending. I was, I watched, I binged Lost, so the ending didn't bother me as much. Um, it wasn't the greatest ending by any stretch. It was not Breaking Bad. It wasn't a lot of great endings, but it was okay. Leftovers too, okay, not the greatest ending, but that wasn't as solid a narrative or, or trying to do what this story is trying to do, which is resolve. And like AC, you're saying, if you're saying it's a one season show, you need a reel out. Yeah. <laughs> you need a yeah. satisfying a resolution. Is very important. Oh, it's very this, important this to me here. Plot, plot res resolution is critical here. Yeah, and yeah. he's thrown a lot of balls in the air. And look, I, I don't even know how they're going to answer Lube Man. And if Lube Man is the answer, <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to answer Lube Man. Me, Lube oh, no, Man no. has been answered. Uh, Lube, Lube Man is, is Petey. It's, uh, Anthony already figured that out. Right, but still, it has to be <laughs> answered. So no, they answered it on the Petypedia. We'll get, it's literally answered this week. Up. It's done. Oh, it was? Yes. Yeah, he answered it in the Petypedia this Wait, week. But like, oh. what about the people that are on the Petypedia? Well, then we'll get a five-second shot next week of him in the Lube Man suit. He'll, he'll make <laughs> a, a, a timely we'll entrance as Lube Man, we'll and he'll rip the mask <laughs> off. After he <laughs> lubes up Joe Keen, real good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Can't wait. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the that's the thing. Like when your show is so plot driven, story driven, um, you need to have that stick the landing moment or moments. Yeah. Um, especially with what they've put into these first eight episodes, which have been very, very good. It's been very compelling yeah. television. Um, Go ahead, AC. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna. I was just gonna finish on the uh, on the point as when you get. And look, they've spent individual episodes devoting uh, so much time to individual characters. That's why, like, when we talk about it in the chat and we look at what the end might look like or what it will look like, it's just hard for me looking at it from afar and thinking, oh, they're going to just wrap this up in an hour and whatever amount of time that they're going to yeah, use why, here. Can we get a two-hour... That's what I'm saying. Like, you I, you're getting, minutes, I bet I'm you we're straight. getting. An, I think we're getting an hour and twelve minutes. It shows sixty-seven minutes on IMDb. That's what it says. <laughs> there so. we go. Okay. <laughs> That's right. four well, minutes of credit. Minutes. So <laughs> yeah, four <laughs> minutes. Sixty-three <laughs> minutes of story. You got to You got to lop off. Yeah. You got to lop off an hour of recap at the beginning. Oh, yeah. So I was down to 62 minutes. Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. And Lindelhoff said this, too, in that interview, is Watchmen had a big reveal, right? It had the unexpected conclusion in terms of who Rorschach was. So there was a big finish in the original Watchmen story, right? Yeah, the, he compared the Rorschach thing to the cow thing of having a character yes, he did. in yes. front of your eyes that you didn't realize is another character. That was, but I mean, there's a, there's been several reveals in the show. There's several reveals in the comics. So he's done a good job of staggering and those, it, and like is, the comic. Is did. there a big finish in the comic? I mean, is it a big? The, the big finish is what we already know about, which is the squid. And yeah, the big the big finish is in the eleventh issue of the comic, and the twelfth issue of the comic is all cleanup. Interesting. Oh, so then, this okay. is all cleanup coming. Well, no, because no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We have our big event. We have our Stop vast insidious conspiracy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Jake's trying to ruin the finale for us before we even get there. <laughs> well, I, have, I now have my theory on what's going to happen. And you're what welcome. A tease. What a tease. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Dr. So where Manhattan, are we in the timeline, yeah. Mace? <laughs> well, it's all the past, Mace, present, and future. Not, Mace, I'm confused. Now that I've put my, <laughs> I've reemerged out of my, into my original skin, I'm confused as yeah, to I what love, I am. <laughs> I love that moment. <laughs> Don't make fun of that. I'm not. I'm just, I'm confused. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan instructs Angela to place the ring in his brain. There's genuine excitement on Manhattan's face as he is faced with the unknown for the first time. Angela decides to move to Tulsa, and she asks him, If you forgot, if you forget everything, will you still be you? Eden, we asked this last week. Yeah. I still don't know. <laughs> That's, yeah, I still don't either because, like, Cal seems just like another person. Like, uh, I don't know. Kind of feels like he he was a little bit of like the cuckoo's nest after the lobotomy, right? A little bit, just more present. Well, so I kind of feel like Cal, in a way, was just somewhat like a lover that Angela molded, you know, right? Because it's like 
he wakes up in amnesia. He doesn't have any recollection of who he was in the past. Like, he's exactly who she tells him he is. So it's, like, basically whoever she wanted him to be. This idea that they're similar enough, despite having no memories of each other, yeah. like, I can believe that there's a little bit of John Osterman's personality in Cal. I think we see that when he's talking to the children about death and certain right. other times, but... It's definitely not the same. It's like she's she's going to yeah. spend almost 10 years with an right. altered version of Dr. Manhattan rather than the the real version. So, so that's actually another question I had was like how long did they have as as were they together as Angela and Basically Dr. Basically nine and a half years. Nine and a half years, dude, which is a callback to nine and a half weeks. Wait, okay. Uh, Jesus Christ. Am I right, Walter? <laughs> Am I right? Basically just an erotic exercise for nine and a half years. Hey, um, don't, you know, I do not doubt that Cal, I do not doubt that Cal fucks like Dr. Manhattan. I do not doubt it at but all. I just mean that, like, were they really together for 10 years if for nine and a half of it he wasn't even, like, him? I don't know. That's a pretty long tunnel. Yeah. This goes into the question of like it's like the majority of their time together wasn't even, or not even is, like a significant time of their, uh, like not even ten percent of their time together. Clearly, was like, she enjoyed it. I guess. Yeah, man. The, she really did. This, this is the, sex this is good the most comic booky aspect of the show mm-hmm. because do we? Why is she in love with him? That's yeah. never made clear. Is she in love with him? Is never made clear. We just have to assume she's in love. With always him. Been he in love spits with insane game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the game that he lays down in this bar in Vietnam is out of this world. I'll tell you what. This none of True. this would happen in in a marriage story. <laughs> now showing Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Back in the bar, oh. Angela asks for hard proof. She asks him to create life, and Dr. Manhattan creates an egg in his hand. Angela asks about their children. Dr. Manhattan explains that they are adopted, and then he w- and that he wouldn't give his powers to someone without their consent, because, you know, he's very Me Too in this era, and all eras, because they're all the same. Dr. Manhattan explains that he can transfer his atomic components into some sort of organic material. If someone were to consume it, they would inherit my powers. Chekhov's atomic egg. We're going to walk into the house and Topher's going to be eating waffles and Topher's going to turn into Dr. Manhattan. Those waffles are the bomb, baby. Powerful waffles. But they didn't get the eggs in there. Darn it. (laughs) So who knows? But yeah, the the food thing, that's coming back. Someone's getting Dr. Manhattan powers. Most likely Angela, but maybe somebody else. She cracks the egg into his beer and he chugs it. I don't understand. I mean, he doesn't need to eat or drink, so this was just a flex. Manhattan explains (laughs) that they will adopt the children in Tulsa. What, What was that? Is that a diversion that's going to be important later? Chugging the egg? <laughs> no. Egg dropped in the, the beer. whole food scene. Oh, the thing with making the waffles? Yeah. Well, that's what we were just saying. We think he, we, they might be uh, powerful waffles. They got made? Okay. So. The batter so did. My, my theory, my theory is this. Mm-hmm. 
Angela gets the gun and goes out and goes the shooting and everything, and he's not out there yet, and then all of a sudden he is out there. He's making waffles. Before he appears, he's in the kitchen making waffles. Okay. He finished the waffles. He he reassembled the eggs. Yep. Correct. Separated the shells. And laid them out with a little sign that says, Topher, eat me. me. I was about to say, who who are we to believe that some waffles that were made in the house after just some big shootout outside, you're just going to go home and eat the waffles? Or Or hooded justice. (laughs) Hooded justice is going to eat the waffles. I don't know, but that's that's my guess. (laughs) He teleported the waffles into everyone's pocket. I'm just going to, I see this waffle Uh, on the counter after a traumatic event. Let me eat it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the waffles oh, are just here. Might as well just pop it into my mouth, eat, you know. Eat. Why do you think they always bring food over for funerals? Come on. Oh, you're a good point. Eat. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you're in grieving, always. So Angela is working hard to clarify the timelines and finally hits the darkness in Manhattan's memory. His description sounds a lot like a tunnel, a tunnel of love with Angela on either end. Angela considers never removing the ring from Manhattan's brain, leading to another repetition of, I leave it all in your hands. We're back in the present. How was that 43-minute cold open for you guys? Was that good? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Now we're back. Dr. Manhattan is blue again, but he still looks like Cal, and he's not acknowledging Angela at all. He notices the damaged clock and recalls the white knight when he activated as a reflex and a vite flashback clarifies it to him and he thanks Adrian. And Angela says, who's Adrian? (laughs) You're about to find out. (laughs) Dr. Manhattan is confused, which is always comforting to hear. He doesn't know when he is, which is just beautiful. Well, I, I, I just, yeah, the reintegration of him into Cal and Cal into him, I think is really causing his brain to try to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that was a wonderful transition moment. Although yeah. the, other, the other part of me said, you can create all that life on Europa in 90 seconds, so why does it take you so long to integrate? But there we are. Well, what I was thinking was, Vite created this device, which clearly couldn't really be tested. Right. But it probably wasn't intended to be left in there for nine and a half years. Mm-hmm. So it's prolonged mm-hmm. exposure to him has an effect, which is clear because he's off for the rest of the episode. Angela explains to the children that the blue man on the swimming pool is Cal right before he teleports them away to Will, who's waiting at the Dreamland Theater. We know Will owns a movie theater and operates a movie theater back in New York, but... Is it really time to go to the movies, Will? Is anybody going to come watch your mesmerism film in the Dreamland Theater where you're hanging out with the kids? Can't wait to see what he's up to next week. Then, Dr. Manhattan says, you need to see me on the pool. It's important for later. Okay. What's going on there? (laughs) Why is it important? We already knew he could walk on water. This is going to come back at some point. Because then it suggests that if the powers lie with somebody else, she'll know that person has his power, right? Because they can walk on water. Yeah. Okay. Or she, having the power, can Mm -hmm. walk on water to avoid something. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting here also, because if he knows about later... Yes, exactly. Uh, what? Does he die yes. or not? You know? Well, yeah. well, and also, yeah, go ahead, Walter. Well, he's not, he's not dead. 
They, I know he's not dead yet, but I'm saying him into that thing. Yeah, I, again, I, I I still maintain that the Seventh Cavalry, even with Lady True's help, does not have a technology that is better than whatever it was that Adrian tried to destroy him. I don't believe Doctor Manhattan can be destroyed. Energy. That's my died. sense. That's my sense, Walter. Is that yeah. he needs her to believe he's going to die to execute whatever plan is necessary uh, to thwart the seventh cavalry's right. attempts at destroying him because he, for some reason he can't do it alone while he's trapped in their device. It, right. And he has, not because the whole time I was, weren't you wondering like, why doesn't he just teleport that shit to Europa? Right. Right. They aren't being, <laughs> he used. doesn't have a choice, Jake. He, he never teleported choice. it to Europa. So he can't. Yep. But, see? Jake doesn't understand it. He needs to watch it again. This makes no <laughs> sense, dude. dude. Dude, seriously, that makes no sense. That's arbitrary. That's arbitrary. But but open up your mind. Not, open up your mind. My mind is open. I'm, I'm game, but dude, come on. The trucks are there. How many of these cannons do they have? They got one cannon, dude. That's one it. cannon. One cannon. One, one cannon, so teleport it. Only gonna teleport him to the other room. Yeah, <laughs> like we saw in the other episode, it was right. only the other room. Eve explained that's how it works. God, I think <laughs> at the I think at the end of the day, when it comes to all these comic book things, and yes. it, it's a trope. Bring it on, AC. Be, <laughs> bring it always, on. There's always gonna be a narrative convenient uh, yes. way to make the story fit, and that's just what it is. Like you have to suspend. You you have to suspend the ability to believe certain things, you know. You just gotta like let it go. And I know, right. Jake, that's not how your mind works. It's but, not you know, about not being able to suspend it. It's that I still need it. I need it to have logic in that universe. Correct. Even, and they've got they've got use. they've got yeah. seven more minutes to try to make it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's it, your understanding that because it's <laughs> comprised of tachyon, which they only said inhibits his ability to see something didn't say it's his like kryptonite right like he didn't know what was in the box he didn't know the ring was in the box because the box was made of tachyon right oh so no, it's the, just the, like a block ring was made of tachyon the rings the rings made of tachyons that's why his memory goes Oh. oh, it was because the ring is tachyon not right. that the box was correct okay. because right. remember he was hand, oddly what made me think the box was relevant was because he had gloves on handling the box, took the gloves off, handled the ring, no problem. Right. So that made me think the box itself was important. Um, on the flip side, John handled the ring himself as well, yeah. inserted the ring. So right. yep. all yeah. the ring did was create amnesia. <laughs> yeah, because apparently he has a brain. So... He sees the trucks. He knows the trucks have the cannons, but he leaves the trucks in place to mm -hmm. do because he always place. left the trucks in yeah, place. Yeah. Jake, he doesn't. He didn't have. He doesn't a have a choice. <laughs> Jeez, Jake, God, come on. Like... Doesn't have Jeez. a choice. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it must be. It must be. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Angela okay. infuriatedly asks when Doctor Manhattan talked to Will. And we flash back to Nelson Gardner's mansion in 2009, 
Will shuts the door on Dr. Manhattan with just a fantastic look on his face before Manhattan phases through the wall and they chat. Our lives have become entangled in a most profound way through someone known to both of us. But the future is uncertain, and my ability to influence events is limited. Because he doesn't have a choice. In order to ensure an optimal outcome, (laughs) I would like to form an alliance. His choice is that he wants to be in this relationship, so he's willing to forego being Dr. Manhattan to be able to be in this relationship. That's the choice. Yes, that is correct. I just love that he says my ability to influence events when he clearly has no interest in influencing events. Mm -hmm. Manhattan knows that Will is hooded justice and informs him that Angela is his granddaughter and they will move to Tulsa, which allows Will to follow Angela from afar. Manhattan tells Will that Angela wants him in her life, that all Angela wants is a family because she's constantly saying the opposite. I thought this was kind of sweet. Yes, it was, but it was also a little confusing because was he introducing the idea that there was a granddaughter? Because then suddenly Will's like, she doesn't want me in her life. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. He's just a grumpy old man who's all alone, living in his ex-boyfriend's mansion, mm-hmm. running a movie theater. He's so he was presupposing. She yeah, he's just a, he's just gruff. Yeah, he don't. Okay. Doctor Manhattan acknowledges to both Will and Angela that he is talking to them right now, relatively, yes, ten years apart, and this is oh. the most important scene in the episode. So well done. Angela asked through Dr. Manhattan how Will knew that Judd Crawford was in Cyclops and that there was a clan robe in his closet. Will Mm -hmm. responds, who's Judd Crawford? And Angela realizes she set everything in motion. Dr. Manhattan is still drunk from the effects of pulling the ring out of his brain. He has to be because this is out of character. And I said, no, it's a paradox. It's not out of character. Once again, he can't control this but he would not do this if he wasn't if he was feeling 100 (laughs) percent you're giving him you're giving him a lot of leeway if he had just taken they had to justify it somehow they had to justify it and the justification is that he's confused that's right it makes sense it makes sense this is the thing confusion is the theme of the episode that's what i was getting at yeah yeah angela's confused at the outset well, the bookend is Dr. Manhattan's confused at the end. Inexplicably, but, I mean, I get your point, Maze. The effects, the long-term effects, was part of the risk, right? There, He didn't know what this thing was going to do, and he was accepting that Vite was telling him the truth, which didn't necessarily have to be true. Um, but it was still weird. It was the still weird because the why, why does Will Reeves, is this like, is Will Reeves going, basically saying, oh, I thought I destroyed that Cyclops thing all told, all together. It was done. It was wiped out. Now there's this Judd Crawford guy got to investigate. It was the key word. Is that Cyclops what we're supposed to believe? He heard Cyclops, his, his ears, so he got, the, the he light got jumped activated. back into his eyes and he, he suddenly had a purpose again. It took effect. He was yep. reactivated. I agree. Mm, okay. But I say that Dr. Manhattan is drunk here because the important thing is that um what was I, oh so if he's confused in 2019 
Shouldn't he be confused? Always? <laughs> like, how is it that he, in this moment, he this is, is temporarily is affected by something? Question. It's my fundamental question, Maze, is how, if he knows the story ends tragically, right? Well, that's because he didn't have a choice. That's that's obvious. No, but I'm no, saying, no. I'm saying right, he here, knows, right, right here, he's acting out of character. And he even he, goes back to 10 years before when he's talking to Will. Wouldn't the not confused Dr. Manhattan of 10 years ago... Yeah. Recognize the drunkenness of the present Manhattan and maybe not channel right. Angela's message to the past, but whatever. They needed it to happen. Well, Moving what did on. He say? He says my ability to affect things is limited. It's limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because he's in a coma. He's in Cal Coma yes, for that's nine and a half years. Absent. Yeah, that's what I thought he was referencing. His absence as Dr. Manhattan huh. in that window. That Cal wouldn't have any influence over anything except saving Angela's life in a desperate moment. So Angela's freaking out because she realizes that she's responsible for this. And Dr. Manhattan says, does it matter where the idea came from? And then he talks about the chicken and egg paradox. The answer appears to be both at exactly the same time. And now... The chicken egg paradox is another word for the bootstrap paradox, which connects to dark, Jake. Yeah, big time. Big, big dark time. I thought vibes a lot about here. Dark. Thought a lot about dark, especially the way dark finished its last season. So, Eden, I'm going to explain the bootstrap paradox as simply as I can to you, okay? All right, let's hear it. <laughs> it takes 45 minutes. Yes. I guess, AC, can you hang on? I'm trying, I'm trying. AC. AC, put another quarter in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite dry yet. Give it another spin. Yeah. Get that damn stuff all together in one dryer and give it another go. <laughs> you don't want any mold, dude. <laughs> so, Eden, in Dark, there's this book. It's a book about time travel. Okay. And it's printed in the 40s. And a lot of the characters are reading it at different times. But no one ever wrote this book. It showed up in the 40s because someone from the future brought it back and gave it to the person who published it. There's no author. It just exists. There's no No. origin point. Right. No. Well, I don't understand. It came from somewhere in the future. No, but the future version came from the past. It's the same thing as uh, as the chicken and the egg. It's like yes. really and truly, it's that circular logic where what happens in the past causes what happens in the future. What happens in the future causes okay. what in the past. Okay, all right, I I can buy that. I buy yeah. that. It's like saying that the first chicken came from an egg from the future. Right. But the thing about your book analogy is that. That we know that a book has to like someone has to physically type out the word or write out the words to someone a book has and to physically it. create an egg. Yeah, it just yeah. exists. That's the that's <laughs> right. the root of okay. the paradox. Uh, right, and the only and the only way to really grasp it is to think of the journey of the egg, the the, the book of the journey of the book. Think of it in a two dimensional loop. Right, but there are multiple multiple dimensions that you can't see or perceive and that's where the book came from okay so in this show what sent will 
to Tulsa, it was Angela. And what prompted Angela to send to talk to Will? It was Will coming to Tulsa. It's all flat. It's all always happened. The genesis point is Angela in this moment because Dr. Manhattan is drunk. But wow. Yes. The genesis is Dr. Manhattan, though. <laughs> because yeah. if Dr. Manhattan's not inciting the incident, the incident can't yeah. happen. It's his fault, yes. It's definitely his fault. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a much, misdirect. Yeah. It's yeah. a fundamental misdirect to make us think that Angela had anything to do with it. Because she didn't have anything to do with it. Well, it is all about her, though. You know, of course is, it is, but this is her mystery in a sense. Yes, but you you extract Doctor Manhattan from the scenario; it can never happen. Well, he's way. like a he's like a projector in this sense. You know, he facilitates it. He's an instrument. Yes. She's she's it, the the action. But see, it, go, uh, it comes. I have the I have a theory, which I'll save till we conclude, but. It's really beyond Angela is my point. Um, Angela is just an instrument in whatever plan is being enacted here. It kind mm-hmm. of feels like that, yeah. Like she's a puppet. Mm-hmm. Yes. A puppet who can see the strings. Dr. Manhattan, after yeah, yeah, ruining yeah. and crumbling the fabric of space-time, he gets a little hungry. I'm hungry. Can Dr. Manhattan be hungry? I don't know. He's still drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he teleports to the kitchen where he's making waffles. Angela smashes the eggs on the ground and tells him to stop fucking around. Dr. Manhattan explains the cavalry is already here. They will use a tachyonic cannon to involuntarily teleport him and destroy him. We can't stop them. There's nothing we can do, he says. There's something Anthony, I can do, Angela says. Anthony wasn't there wasn't there in Lost, wasn't there one of these with the blowing up of the thing and Elizabeth, what's her face? That character, Julian, Julia, whatever her name was, that I loved, and yeah. and she goes back and they did one of these exact things. Yes, and past yeah. caused the future. And the future yeah, De- Desmond. Sorry, Desmond. Desmond. Yeah. Well, Desmond's unstuck in time, kind of like Doctor right. Manhattan. Right. But uh, Juliet and Sawyer. Oh, Juliet and blow Sawyer. Up the bomb. Yes. yes. Right. Right. But, the right. Bo- but what that does is it resets the timelines it doesn't it doesn't it's not like it was always meant to happen right and that's because the island moves around i mean now we're getting way off track but the island moves around in time (laughs) itself so it's like gotcha a little more complex than this which is pretty pretty neat (laughs) if you just buy into the the bootstrap causality (laughs) all right so he's making waffles uh she gets she's suiting up and Angela just refuses to accept the inevitability, just like in the fight earlier. As she gears up and prepares to attack, Manhattan says this is the moment he fell in love with her when she tries to save him, despite him telling her that it's inevitable. And Mm -hmm. Angela just perfectly undercuts the sentimentality here. All this time we've been together and you fall in love with me now? And I I got all teary-eyed. That was so... Are you trying to be romantic? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then he does his classic thing of like... Oh, well, I've always been in love with you. I've never had a choice. And then she says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go save your ass. Oh, man. She exits into the backyard and, and starts engaging the cavalry with gunfire. She gets pinned down in the car. 
And then Dr. Manhattan appears and begins vaporizing cavalry members' heads left and right. He stops some great. bullets. He walks directly into the path of the tachyon cannon. Back to the bar. They introduce themselves before Angela gets up to leave. And Dr. Manhattan says, by definition, don't all relationships end in tragedy? Angela agrees to have dinner with him. Fuck it. Why not? She's so delightfully vulgar. She throws off like three motherfuckers in the in the course of. Uh, I just love her her potty mouth. It's Grandma I June's agree. fault. I know. Grandma June dropped that one <laughs> f bomb, and it really had an effect. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he, well, he, he could have moved watching a couple those sides. Sister Night videos, Maze. Oh yeah, well, repeated viewings of Sister Night. <laughs> yeah, definitely the nun with the motherfucking gun, of course. Yeah. So he could have, you know, taken a step to the right or the left and not been yeah. directly in the path of the cannon, but he always gets shot by the cannon. He didn't, uh, he had no choice. No, 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 no. I'm saying he could have like walked like half an inch over, like just out of the field of the range of the cannon. He could have. He actually Angela could have. would have eaten it, right? That's fine. <laughs> they don't, they don't want Angela. I just mean, I just mean, the ending would have not. I mean, <laughs> the, the events would not have unfolded as he predicted. Like, right, you know. it's it's but, essential he gets into the canon. That's yeah. part but, but, of the story. Yes, but it's it canon. have to unfold because they have always unfolded. Why are we still having this discussion? <laughs> this was the most because ridiculous moment that tested that. That's why. I don't know about that, but I'm. But, I'm, so I'm it feels like it's like in in like this. I I guess I have issues because like it feels like he is doing it on purpose, but like you, he's not because he has no control over anything. No, he is doing it on purpose. He's doing it on purpose, but he's no, but acting he's like not. he's not making no. a choice, right? Exactly. That's my feeling. He's yeah. acting like he has no choice, oh, okay. but it's a deliberate choice. But also, he never had a choice. She agrees so to go to say. dinner with him. That's the end of the main episode. And then yeah. the credits roll. And then during the end of the credits, Crookshanks and Phillips have Adrian Veidt up on some sort of stocks. They ask him if he will stay, and then we get delightful squishing noises. I love the caption, just squishing. Squish, yeah. squish, squish. <laughs> one by one, they smash tomatoes on Vite's face while he's tied up. Then later, we see him reading Fog Dancing in his cell as the game warden brings him his cake with seven candles on it. Putting this in 2016, Vite says the game warden wouldn't understand the book because it's about loneliness, that he's baiting the game warden. He says, because your big blue daddy left to get a pack of cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> Beautiful. We learn that the game warden is the original swamp fetus. And Vite has decided that Europa is not his home, that he misses his eight million. I, th I said million. You said billion? Was it billion or I million? I thought it was million, which, I did, which didn't make sense. I, yeah, I wasn't sure why it would be that number. I did not know who the eight million were then. Does he have some sort of... <laughs> genetic cloning thing going on earth i'm not sure what this means maybe they'll explain it maybe it was supposed to be billion maybe he's just talking about the people of earth then he discovers the horseshoe inside the cake he rejoices begins scraping the floor while cackling 
It means those those stupid swamp fetuses have finally gotten the plan right. They gave him the, the horseshoe. Not now. That's not what you give me. Oh, it's so perfect that the horseshoe is what finally shows up. That cracked me up. So that was his plan. He he always. Uh, yes. So can he see the future? Did he know that he would be locked up? No, I think he just knew it would take him that long to figure it out. That's all. Wow. Wait, I mean, he also he killed all of known? the servants Does at one point. Vite doesn't work that way. Vite <laughs> exists in time like the rest of us. But he's smarter than everybody else, so he can... He can predictions. Yeah, he can make lots of predictions. All we needed was the game warden saying, where'd you get that horseshoe? And Vice right. saying, <laughs> I planted it eight years ago. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Jake, give me your theory. And then we'll dive into the, the post the post work here, the, the Easter eggs and the, the Pedipedia. Oh, he's gone. Where well, did Jake go? Where did Jake go? I don't know. I lost him. He usually will say that he has to be right back or something. Yeah, okay. He can come back. Um, all right, let's do PDPedia first. So the PDPedia is all about fog dancing this week. It's very personal for PD. And essentially the only thing we get out of this that's super important is the confirmation of Lube Man. So there's a memo written by Dale PD, which appears to be taking place after the events of the show, events of the finale. After the calamity in Greenwood. That freaked me out. What's going to happen? And Greenwood, of course, is where the Dreamland Theater is. So it's all coming back to Black Wall Street once again. We learned that Lori's been off the grid for 36 hours, and Petey found a copy of Fog Dancing in Wade's bunker, which sent him down memory lane, and he gives a little explanation of it. It was written while working with soldiers suffering from PTSD, influenced by Dr. Manhattan and the Comedian. There were two film adaptations, the Cronenberg edition and the Brothers Quay. But wait, wait, isn't the author of Fog Dancing the guy who wrote The Black Freighter? Yes, Max Shea. Max Shea, that's important that, that you say who that. We didn't. Did we, we have talk talked about him before. Fog dancing, fog dancing was in the episode with the Clarks. She's reading it. That's the oh, first okay. side of it. And then also we saw the movie last week in the Vietnamese video store. Right. Okay. So the Brothers Quay cracked me up because I'm trying to imagine who that is. Is that the Safdie brothers? Is that the Fairley brothers? Like what type of brothers are these that are, that are adapting this film? There's a funny joke where it says that Jacob's Ladder and Shutter Island are listed as homages to fog dancing, just to give you an idea of what type of story it is. Yeah, it's a paranoid it's a paranoid thriller about men who are losing their grasp of reality in a secret society that is much, you know, Illuminati type shit that yeah. Yeah, it's it's a Jake made a comparison to Naked Angels and I Naked could lunch. Naked Lunch, Naked Lunch. And it's just it's it's obviously meant to stand in as a giant counterculture totem pole novel. Um the original One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was pretty damn pretty damn similar too, because there's all this hallucin you know, that's not in the movie. There's all this hallucinatory stuff and about secret societies and cheap Bromden's nightmares and what was really underneath the the, the hospital and everything. So yeah, it it, it fit. It fit. He also goes off on JT March the third, who apparently remixed Fog Dancing in a way that was so risque that it helped <laughs> catalyze the introduction of content warnings on television. We also learned that JT March the third's grandfather was one of the artists that disappeared. 
along with Max Shea and Hiram Manish. Fog Dancing was linked to Mothman, Vite, Dr. Manhattan, Rorschach, and The Comedian. Vite called it the second best book ever written. Second to what was, was my question on that. Something probably, Adrian wrote, I'm Probably sure. Adrian's autobiography. Yeah. And Dr. Manhattan quotes it, including Nothing Ever Ends, which makes it interesting that Vite wouldn't recognize that, but let's not get too caught up in that. Teenage Dale submitted a summary of Fog Dancing's opaque plot that finished 50th out of 50. <laughs> he reads it in Wade's bunker, prompting him to spiral into introspection, and he calls this failure his origin story. Then we get the clipping, which is his summary of Fog Dancing, and we learn that Fog Dancers were a group of super soldiers that wear gas masks and skin tight silver suits. Shimmering with SPF 666. Yay, Lube Man! Lube Man. Oh, shit. There you go. So, Fog Dancing, the key to the (laughs) biggest mystery of all. Who is Lube Man? He's a fog dancer. Too bad there's no fog in Oklahoma. It talks about the main character, who is an old 27, a former fog dancer, spends his days writing a bad novel, nights filled with nightmares, He's a weekend anesthesiologist who steals laughing gas. He meets a woman. They try an experimental gas called Shut Eye. They become addicted because Howard can finally sleep. Greta is actually Patricia, an anarchist graffiti artist who's a member of a gang called the Tricky Dickies who paint big blue dicks on buildings. Howard decides he wants to destroy American weapons like Sunset Haze, which appears to be some sort of like napalm fill-in. With the help of a sugar daddy named Mr. Dow, they plant bombs in the Jones Chemical Facility, which ends up killing thousands. Mr. Dow owned the company that made Shut Eye, and it's actually a mind control drug to manipulate people into revolting against Nixon. Howard realizes it's not his own idea. He's just a pawn in a greater plan. And they team up with a former fog dancer named Rawhide to take down Mr. Dow in his secret bunker in Bombay. We learn that nothing ever ends as a fog dancer motto. Their helicopter is attacked by mutant leviathans that kill Greta. Howard awakens in a hospital at a fog dancer base. Dow is his doctor. Greta is his nurse, administering him shut-eye. And confused as to what is real or not, Howard grabs Rawhide's gun and kills himself. So I'm not going to get too much more into this because we've got enough going on with our main plot. Yeah. I'm kind of into this plot now, though. Yeah, let's let's get the spinoff series, Fog Dancing. Based on a, a book that doesn't really exist, that they cribbed together this plot. It was. It I'm was not pretty even well done. gonna lie. I just now like looked up to see if it was a real book because I was like, I want to read it. <laughs> it's what. Right, right. So this is what Byte was reading. Yes, and he in the equated cell. to being about loneliness. Mm-hmm. You know that was in all of you know the the his summary versus <laughs> Petey's summary. Quite different experiences. Yeah, well, one of the things they kept saying in these PDPedia articles was like the plot was impossible to describe, and everybody yes. does it differently. Yes, and, and also PD had the fiftieth out of 50. the worst. Yes, the worst summary, or what was believed to be the worst summary. So it's interesting that we we were allowed to read the worst summary of all the summaries of the book. Yep, which sent him into fits of existentialism about his own self worth. This is just another attempt at a text within a text on this yes. show to it's get completely kind of sidetracked in a obfuscation of things. Yes. And you're you you do not know what to believe. 
you know, there's, are you getting some something of value or not? Yeah. The idea of of going through all this stuff and waking up and it's all a dream, you know? Well, there's that, right? There's, there's the confusion again. Um, so when do we talk about what we think is going to happen? Uh, well, we were going to do that before you dropped off, but now you didn't give us your theory. Yeah, you missed the window, Jake. Sorry. Damn Wi-Fi reset. You yeah, always like, missed the window. Going. You never were going to make the window, and you never no, had a choice. Manhattan did that. Manhattan <laughs> did that, dude. I know. <laughs> you were never going to. That's amazing. Damn tachyon reset. Your Wi-Fi <laughs> <laughs> loaded with tachyons and you couldn't anticipate it that's amazing walked right into it give me your theory jake all right let's hear it well my sense is that the plan is manhattan's awareness of the plan and his attempt to foil the plan right i mean that's what this all has to come down to he can't die my 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 sense is that if he were to be eradicated his loop would stop continuing and he would disappear from the loops and somehow. Oh, I see what you're saying. Meaning how could he be telling Angela the story if he were stopped and his powers were taken over by somebody else? Right. Because he just trapped somewhere. I, I I think my dad and I are in agreement that he cannot really be destroyed. So I right. don't think that that is the tragedy that he is referring to. Angela dies. Uh, maybe. Uh, th- there's there's so many shoes left to drop. There's the, the will element. He says Angela is going to hate him. Mm, we yeah. know that there's going to be something yeah. tragic. So, But if the, if their relationship ends in tragedy, though. Maze. Well, they're not getting back together. He he he's known to just kind of dump people pretty fast. <laughs> well, that's and not just, tragedy. A breakup is not tragedy. Yeah, no, like no. A tragedy is, is obviously tragedy. everything else. It's not. It's not their Somebody relationship. Somebody has to die, dude. Yeah, I feel like someone has to die. Well, if yeah, this no. is Angela's story, Tragedy's and it's all about her. Then yes, it could be her. So you think Angela dies? I gotta think. Angela I don't think Angela dies. <laughs> that's all that makes sense. Or the kids die. Supercharged over. Die though. Somebody who's what's a tragedy if no one dies? Uh, you of all people, Eden. Well, there's gonna <laughs> no, be. But the, why the kids? Like the kids aren't relevant enough to. Just to, saying like, that. So I'm saying yeah, if, if, if it's not Angela, if it's not Manhattan. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Will yeah. Reeves dying is not a tragedy at 102 years old. Right, right. He's old. He's. It's he's, not he's, a tragedy. Had, well, there's gonna be mass life. death, Jake. Mass death. Because it is okay. That could okay, that could be a thing. Relationship. If we're getting a bookended, oh, black if it's just Wall tragedy. Street, period. Yeah. Tulsa is decimated as a result. Yeah, like like we said, there's the in the memo that PD writes. He it appears yes. to be after the fact, and he says the calamity in Greenwood. Well, that was hard to understand what the, because he was trying to suss out whether Blake might have even been a body there, DNA, DNA testing. Yes, I, they can't identify did, all the bodies. Did, There's going to be a lot of death. Did you read that as simply the incident at Angela's house? No. You read that as a, 
Greenwood is the neighborhood where the movie theater is and her bakery is and where Black Wall Street happened. So we're going back to where the show started. I see what you're saying. So it's a different neighborhood altogether. Okay. It's not near their house. So So it's that that is an incident that's forthcoming. Yep. So there's Mm. yeah, there's a there's gonna be a lot of death. But I don't think Dr. Manhattan will die. I think that I, I think I'm in agreement with you. I don't think that he would disappear, but I don't think he'd be able to to know so much about the future if he really is destroyed. And I don't think right. he really wants to get destroyed also. So I don't think, you know, if I know he doesn't have a choice, but you think that he no, would. It's going to be interesting to see how they created a scenario, a logical, credible scenario that required all of this. I do think he will be taken off the board though. I don't think that he's going to be the one saving the day. No, I mean, that seems essential to the story. I mean, this was his, this was his Deus Es Machina episode. Yeah. That's fundamentally because he hasn't been part of the story until now. Right. Yeah. Right. So his, he did save Angela in that critical moment, right? you know, in the past, not part of this current storyline, but necessary to this storyline, right? Because she was one of two people to continue as a police officer after the White Knight. Yep. That was essential. Yeah. But, so it does stand to reason that given the history of Dr. Manhattan inserting himself in conflict on the planet didn't work well. It worked well for the American political agenda at the time, but it wasn't good for humanity. He's seeing whatever's coming in this race war, but realizes he can't be the engine of change, nor can a vite. It has to come from regular people resolving their own conflict. However, that has to happen, right? I think most I mean, importantly, this whole Angela. Been about race. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a lot. Almost all of it is right. heaped onto Angela here, right? Yeah. So maybe, it's kind of like like the reason that. They're, you know, they fall in love and he goes to her and he's with her in Tulsa is to set up this moment. It's all been well, building and, towards this, this. And this is where we get to the whole love thing, right? Because maybe he falls in love with her well into their relationship. So if he went to her as part of an agenda to affect change without him being the one to actually affect change, but inadvertently falls in love with Angela... That could all make sense. Yeah, except for the fact that he was always in love with her and that he was always with her. Except for that minor little detail. Then he was with Lori Blake and he was in love with Angela. He was with Lori. He's still with Lori. Lori. Oh, my God. (laughs) You should tell her that, dude. Guy. You should tell her that. I'm sure he'll see her next episode. I'm sure that's coming. Don't worry. Oh, man. There's so much. And he's going to look like Cal, and she's not going to enjoy that, I don't think. Well, she was turned on. She'll enjoy it, but she's going to be stupefied. It's going to be a threesome, and then we're going to have racial harmony. Well, he can replicate himself, so maybe more than three. (laughs) 
<laughs> now finally Blake and Angela are going to get together. Uh, like <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> <Fight> crime. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's like we really thought they were going to have to collaborate at some point, and they never really have, have they? No, it's got to happen in this final episode to take down yeah. the cavalry. She can't make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. So it's Easter egg time. Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was, give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Do these eggs. Let's crack these eggs. <laughs> the real eggs are back. Well, they're back. He made an egg. It's the most important thing. That's how he's going to give his powers to someone. Probably through an egg or maybe through some special waffles like we talked about. Many of the music choices in this episode feature the color blue, Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin, The Blue Danube Waltz by Johann Strauss, and Mr. Blue by Fleetwood. That that one's the best as he's walking into Karnak buck naked. Beautiful, beautiful song. We talked about how the Dr. Manhattan mural changed. Then he walks into a bar called Mr. Eddie's Bar, which is a reference to the comedian Eddie Blake. Last week, I mentioned an important moment between the comedian and Dr. Manhattan in Vietnam, but then I forgot to go into it. So on VVN Day 1971, which is when the war ended, Jake, we get, uh, I looked that up for you. So the, the war ended in 1971. Dr. Manhattan and the comedian are drinking in the Saigon Officers Club. A pregnant Vietnamese woman confronts Mr. Eddie. So she calls him Mr. Eddie, which is the connection to the name of the bar. He's the father of her unborn child. And this would have been evidence to support that he's the father of Lady True, but I think we're all in the Vite camp on this one now. Blake says he's going to leave, and the woman gashes his face with a broken bottle. He guns her down while Dr. Manhattan watches. And Edward Blake says, yeah, that's right, pregnant woman, gunned her down. Bang. And you know what? You watched me. You could have changed the gun into steam or the bullets into mercury or the bottle into snowflakes. You could have teleported either of us to goddamn Australia. But you didn't lift a finger. You don't really give a damn about human beings. I've watched you. You're drifting out of touch, Doc. You're turning into a flake. God help us all. And so mm. this is a very insightful analysis of Dr. Manhattan's character and his lack of agency that we've talked about so much this podcast. Blake thinks it's because he doesn't give a shit. So young John stole an apple in the manor before he learns about the Bible and creates his own Garden of Eden. Lots of Genesis imagery in this episode. Turns out that Dave Gibbons, the artist of The Watchmen, drew the artwork inside yeah. the Bible of Adam and Eve. Oh, nice. That it wasn't was, just that in was the very style. graphic novel-y. <laughs> it was the actual artist himself. Bible. Very cool. Veidt's desk in Karnak has Osmanius action figures in the same pose as his desk in New York. Just before Angela puts Veidt's device in Cal's head, the pair cast a shadow that looked like the Hiroshima Lovers. The 7th Cavalry use a grappling hook, which was Rorschach's gadget of choice. Then this one was a bit of a stretch, but it's fine. Tomatoes were known as in France as pomme d'amour, or apples of love, which connects to the Garden oh. of Eden aspect of Europa once again. Yeah. Instead of apples in this Garden of Eden, it's tomatoes, even though I think Adrian is the one who brought those in. And then he's reading Fog Dancing, which we just talked about at length. Okay, so we—I mean, this—we've already gone very long, but yeah, yeah. this this final episode coming up, AC seems to be in the camp that 
they have a lot of pressure on them to answer a bunch of questions. I don't really feel that way. I feel like we're right on the doorstep. I feel like almost yeah. everything has been set up. We've had so many reveals and answers up to this point. I don't think it's like so much as like there are a lot of questions that still need answering as just like I'm not sure how it's going to be neatly packaged and gift wrapped in one episode. You're more concerned about the time. Yes, because I just, I mean, I really have. feel like it's more of like a 90 minute resolution. Yeah. It was interesting to hear Lindelof say they originally thought they were doing 10 episodes. Yeah, that was um, interesting. Right? Um, and I don't know if it's so much about answering all the questions. I don't mind lingering mysteries so long as the plot is resolved. Resolved. Yeah, that's kind in of a satisfying I think what I mean. way. Right. Yeah. I, I I don't care if Lube Man is revealed in the show itself as so much as just we get a satisfying conclusion that always and it feels like the stakes mattered and what were the stakes. Yeah, you know? I guess because like this show was designed in a way to make you think that every single frame, everything right. in every single frame matters. So it's right. just going to be like a little bit of a letdown if if there are things that like we've discussed that I can't even think of an example off the top of my head that it just like isn't even relevant in the end. I feel yeah, I don't I don't want to feel like yeah. Does that make sense? It's like narrative we've just been like conveniences yeah. taken to arrive at whatever ending is presented to us. I hear is, that. Is I, Looking Glass coming back? He must so, be. So let's check in with all of our characters really quickly because I think they've right. done a really good job of moving all the pieces on the board and mm -hmm. explaining how they got there. And they're all good. I think everybody's going to be in the same place in this final episode. Yeah, of course. Looking Glass has infiltrated. Look, Looking Glass is wearing a Rorschach important. mask. And he's yep. going to reveal himself at an opportune moment. Laurie is being held yep. captive. Yep. Keen is going to attempt to turn himself into Dr. Manhattan. They just captured Dr. Manhattan. So those right. that's all in the same they're location. All, all in the same place. Lady True is going to activate her gonna clock. Go try to save him, obviously. So Angela's been right? captured. Right, because she's out of ammo. No, they're all dead. She's she's Wait. she's free to operate oh, okay. at this point. Wait, so Angela's, they they got mean, what they wanted. They, they like, left her behind. I think there was one dude who, in his last dying breath, hit the button on the tachyon cannon. Right, he did. They're all. Oh, dead. so that means there's no one left. Yeah. Oh, you mean yeah. you mean she's left alone at that spot. Yes. He's transported elsewhere. Yes. It's not like they got to drive him back to the J.C. Penny. No, he's right. already there. He's at the J.C. Penny right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't right. have to call so an Uber. She she has to find her way to the J.C. Penny. She has to find the J.C. Penny. Yeah. She doesn't even gotcha. know that it's a thing. That but I bet sense. she goes right. to the Dreamland Theater to meet up with Will or – She goes to New York? What? She's going to head to New York? No, no, no. The Dreamland Theater is the one in downtown uh, right. Tulsa. Tulsa. Yes, Okay. So I think she'll probably go there first because her kids are there and also they still haven't talked since she got all of his memories. Yeah. Right. right. And Lady True's activating in minutes right there. I don't think this yeah, this, this can be done so fast. 
I don't even think like we already have a bunch of the kids. They also don't have like to show every lapse. single moment. They're gonna you have know? to start doing flashbacks. What was you? What was me? Remember, dude? Remember you did that shit up in fucking Harlem <laughs> that time, yo. Well, she better check in the house to get the waffles before she still leaves. got that projector, right, right. Grandpa. She's got, He's got his flashlight. Go Grandpa's got house. his flashlight. He's gonna be telling the kids ghost stories. Right. <laughs> But then Lady True is activating her clock. It's yes. almost certain, like 99% certain, that the spaceship that crashed into the Clark's farm is Vite. When that ah. is, is the most important question. Was that years ago or is yeah. that, now. you know, or in like, the future? Yeah, or in the future. Um, or is it happening now? Because everything happens at the same time. Somebody on Twitter told me their theory that Vite is oh, encased yeah. in the statue in the vivarium, kind of like mm, console carbonite. And carbonite. <laughs> yeah. He was transported that way. Interesting. No, maybe that he I was mean, transported that he or that she she put him in there once he showed up. But I, that that one would be crazy. I mean, that would be some technology yeah. we have not introduced yet. But Vite will certainly show up, even though he's three years behind in 2016 i mean that sounds about like the length of time you need to travel from jupiter oh you to think Earth, the last least. birthday scene there it was 2016 seven candles he got transported there Good in 2009 point. as we learned nice. in this nice last math. episode Good. so Love he's it. still three years out but you okay. know he's gonna horseshoe his way <laughs> one horseshoe at a time <laughs> and then i mean is there any other main character that no, has I to think get involved. That's, that's everybody, right? So yeah. all the pieces are there. Unless you're still hoping for your big panda moment. Dude, I <laughs> am shocked at this panda relegation. Yeah. <laughs> this is relegation. He's sidelined. He's been sidelined, completely useless. He, he, he had so much G-Lead. clout in that first episode telling everybody they can't use guns. Oh. And then that has not mattered one bit. Shows you how rapidly the scope of this show expanded. Yeah. I'm yeah, I mean, really, the team is is um, keen. And the the woman we met in the one episode who seduced Looking Glass into the JCPenney. Right. And Judd's wife. Yep. Right? Alpha Squad. And it's Looking Glass, Blake, Angela, Reeves, well, we don't know. The other team could be Reeves and True. True, could be is, a the, third True team. is the wild card because yeah, I think yeah. she's I playing both sides here. Yeah. Will might be playing both sides. But, like, yeah, like, I was kind of, like, I still didn't really understand why, like, Will wanted to team up with Lady True just because Lady True just seems shady. Yeah, uh, he needed her resources, but it doesn't seem like he had anything to do with the clock. So maybe he's got his own thing going in the theater. He has his own agenda, yeah. But he seems to know what the clock means. Yeah, he could be playing Lady True, right? That's true, yeah. Definitely. He could be on Angela's side, but so he could be deceiving True into believing he's on her team. Right. Well, I, I think they kind of took the wind out of uh, his sails in this episode when we learned that the reason he knows everything is because yeah. of a message from the future. <laughs> right, right, right. It takes a little of the, the gumshoe detective work out of his hands 
and you know his his lifelong battle with Cyclops. He really had sidelined that for forty right. years. He's retired. So, yeah, all the all the pieces have been moved to the center of the board. The calamity in Greenwood, the final episode, the conclusion of this epic series. I know how it ends. I've always known Aria, how it ends, listen, and I never Aria, had a choice about it. Arya's going to jump off her roof, and she's going to stab Keen before he's able to transform into Dr. Manhattan. I still like what my dad said. I, I, what? I think he's going to just blow himself up. I think Keen is a, a red herring villain here. I think their plan's going to fail. He's well, you said, you said to, it's not going to go as planned. They're not going to be able to kill Dr. Manhattan, and he's not going to be able to turn himself into Dr. Manhattan. So true, it's really going to come down to true wanting Dr. Manhattan's powers and to fulfill Vite's dream of destroying him. And what does the Millennium Clock do? Is that a weapon yeah. against Manhattan as well? Yes, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I forgot I, about the clock. Yeah, Yeah. no, the clock's critical. All right. Well, this has been a blast. Oh, I'm so excited. All right. Till till Sunday, dude. We're, we're excited. I'm high. I'm certainly excited. For Jake Hoy, Eden Lou, Anthony Canton III, and Walter Mays, I'm Anthony Mays, and we will see you next time for the thrilling conclusion. <laughs>